Hello and welcome to School Safety Free Period. I'm Amanda Klinger. Our first video free period. Maybe you should introduce yourself. Oh, I'm Dr. Amy Klinger. I got super excited about the first video it, free period. It is pretty exciting. The video is pretty exciting. Um, we're with the Educator School Safety Network. We're a national nonprofit organization and we provide school safety training, resources, and technical assistance throughout the U.S. and Canada. But during our free period, we have a more informal approach. It's not particularly professional, but it is interesting. It's a little um, professional. I mean, well, but it's in terms of our demeanor, it's right. perhaps not as professional as right. when we are stodgy lecturers and academic researchers. But today we're on our free period. So we want to talk about just some of the crazy, absurd, ridiculous things that happen in schools and then sort of bring them back to unpack it a bit, see if um, there's any knowledge or takeaways that we can talk about and hopefully give you just something to think about in kind of an entertaining fashion. If you haven't listened to our first few episodes of the free period, make sure you go back and do that because while it's not as interesting as watching us, you can still hear us. <laughs> well, so you have... Well, uh, so here's the way this works. Okay. One of us has this incident or, you know, example A that is all true, in the all news. true. And brings it to the other one. We, I, we, the, the person that's receiving the information has never heard it, doesn't know anything about it. So you get that genuine reaction <laughs> for good or for bad. And then we sort of talk about um, the whole incident, some of the, the things that we could learn from it, our reaction to it, some things for you to think about. And then um, we do our little takeaways. Yeah. So the first two, um, some of ours I've had. The pleasure of being the person mm -hmm. that brings the surprise and for Amanda. You, and you do again here. Uh, today I get to do that again as well. So let's talk about And it's about unfortunate this. that the first two weren't video because I, I feel like I literally had my jaw on the desk. And I well, was not feigning astonishment. Or... Unhinge your jaw. Let's, let's see <laughs> yeah. what we've got going on. So let's talk about the story. i got to set the stage. So we have an elementary school in an eastern state of this great country and they have a security drill as schools do which is a good thing we like that now at the risk of getting sidetracked uh, off on a tangent uh -huh. I do want to point out that this security drill is initiated by the principal announcing bomb threat three times over the PA bomb I, threat bomb I threat knew, bomb threat I knew that's where this was headed this is not okay. the inherent problem but let's just take a, a 20 second time out to talk about the problem with the announcement of the security drill being bomb threat, bomb threat, bomb threat. I'm hoping that the drill was for a bomb threat. That would be good. But the problem is, you know, we don't really get a whole lot of information. Um, we're big at, you want to well, talk about what we advocate in terms of well, the first communication? Problem, well, the first problem is that you just say bomb threat. You didn't say this is a drill. So, I and mean, we see this all the time. You see news articles where people were having active shooter drills and they just get on the PA and say, oh, we have an active shooter and people start running for their lives. And not just on April 1st. Yeah. And, and so that's a real problem. So we definitely. But are we big... don't know if that happened in this case, but we do know that the trigger was bomb threat, bomb threat, bomb threat. We are big proponents of having drills at unscheduled times or having surprise drills. And that's great, but the very first thing that you need to say to folks is, this is a drill, and we're going to take it seriously, but we, you can't just act like it's real. And even if we were 
<sighs> announcing the drill or a real situation. We are big advocates of giving people information. Um, we have received a threat of a bomb or whatever, or we have a, an intruder in the B hallway giving people, you know, not, holy smoke, you wouldn't believe what happened. This woman is crazy and she's wandering around. B hallway is not, on fire and we're all dying. Yeah, that's I mean, not what we're advocating for. Taking that down just a notch just to like, like information to respond. as opposed to. Bomb threat, bomb threat, bomb threat. Or Unless the there's some sort of rap the associated code. with it or it's, you know, like a repetitive chorus. But I'm assuming that wasn't the case. So I'm that little takeaway. All right. So now time back in. Okay. So we have this drill that's happening. Bomb threat, bomb threat, bomb drill threat. happens. School evacuates. 15 minutes into the drill. I'm not sure why the drill is lasting this long. But 15 minutes into the drill, the principal discovers a classroom where no one has left. Um, so it's a classroom of elementary students, a computer classroom, um, and nobody has left. Well, being a savvy administrator. He threw a bomb in the room. Investigation, <laughs> investigation ensues, and it's determined that the teacher had disconnected the alarm, which I would assume would be the PA, oh, as well yeah. as whatever notification sort of, because apparently there is some sort of tone okay. or alarm been disconnected so clearly they don't hear it because it's been disconnected right <laughs> uh the it's teacher the teacher um has has a compelling rationale for doing that and it i want obnoxious. to make sure that no 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 there were two reasons uh, one was that he himself has chronic ear infections that make him sensitive to loud noises Apparently, chronic ear infections then make you impervious to bullets and other threats that your right. choice was, I would rather face whatever this threat is that's coming into the classroom. Just please don't make me listen to a loud noise. <laughs> the second was that many of the students that he has are on the autism spectrum and are sensitive to loud noise as well. Okay. So we have a couple of problems here. So the solution is just cut off the alarm as opposed to what are other ways that we could still receive emergency notifications that maybe wouldn't be problematic for our students with autism. Well, keep in mind that no one else knows that he's made this executive decision <laughs> right. that loud noises are worth dying for. The avoidance of loud noises right, are right. worth dying for. Okay. So no one is aware that he has made that executive decision. Uh, so yeah, we have, you know, we have a couple of problems here. Um, but I think the overwhelming one, one of the takeaways, we'll jump right to that, is that clearly this teacher is planning for drills. He's not planning yeah. for events. Right. He's planning for, well, clearly we're gonna have a fire drill, we're gonna have a security drill, we're gonna we're have gonna a lockdown drill. Bomb threat, bomb threat. Bomb threat, bomb threat. Don't wanna deal with any of those. Those aren't really maybe relevant to that, me. Maybe it was that he didn't like re repetition. Maybe it was alliteration. He didn't, he didn't like repetition, he didn't like alliteration. So we have someone who is making decisions and enacting practices based on the incorrect assumption that we're always going to have a drill. What's the chances we'll ever have a crisis right. event in a school? Pretty good, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I think, what is it, 2.3 years at this point? Well, Every 2.3 well, years, you're going to have a crisis event that will defined. overwhelm the resources of the school. Right. So apparently he's banking that it's not going to be this year. Our 2.3 <laughs> years is not this year. Yeah. 
So clearly, the other thing is, I think it really speaks to the discrepancy between what we say we do and what actually happens, right? So they probably either have a policy and informal, or at least they have an understanding that we have this alert system, we have the capability to provide bomb threat, bomb threat, bomb threat, or we have the capability to provide a tone to our teachers to know to respond. And there's clearly in this case a big discrepancy between what we think is happening or what we say is happening and what's actually happening. And as an administrator. I am unaware that my staff has made other decisions. And so I will demonstrate now the face that administrators make when it's determined that this is what we said we were doing. This is what's written down. This is what everyone believes we're doing. And then I have these other folks that have unilaterally made decisions that say, sorry, not for me. Okay, so we have that sort bit of, makes of a you wonder, problem. Sort of makes you wonder what other things that this person has opted out of. Well, unilaterally yeah. decided to, yeah. to opt out um, of. And then, you know, I, I guess we need to revisit a bit the whole autism spectrum mm-hmm. issue. That clearly, um, that it, you know, any sort of emergency crisis mm-hmm. response sort of situation is going to be, has the potential to be anxiety inducing or ha- being really problematic for Lots of kids, including those on the spectrum. But that doesn't mean that we say, well, sorry, we would have loved to save you, but we didn't want to upset you. Mm -hmm. So we left you behind in this bomb problem or this fire or this intruder. And it's not... It's not that the only way to solve this. So if, if we, you know, if the loud noises are potentially problematic, the only way to solve it wasn't just to cut off the alarm without telling anybody. And there's a lot of other ways to approach it. And we see this a lot of times where you have schools that have high populations of students with special needs. And sometimes there's this defeatist attitude of, well, we, we have kids with mobility needs. We couldn't evacuate them. Yeah, you could. I mean, when my other option is to let them die. I mean, of course there's things that we sure. can do. And so it is not a uh, dichotomy of... Either we're, you know, we're, we're dealing with this or we can't because we have students with special needs. There's tons of things that you can do. Well, so now let's move on to where this story goes from here. Oh, man. This is another uh, Paul Harvey thing. <sighs> I feel like anyone who listens to this podcast who's my age is like looking at the Wikipedia. Someone, yes, go look up Paul Harvey because it is very in keeping. The rest of the story. You just wait. I'm going to start doing references of people that you don't know who they are. And then and we'll see how you like it. I might know. I'm hip. Uh, so the problem of we didn't have this alarm system working right and we had a class that sat for 15 minutes and did not participate in the security drill Mm -hmm. the decision was made or maybe not deciding is also a decision Mm -hmm. Uh, we're not going to tell anyone that this happened Uh, so the parents find out as they are tending to do do. through social media it is determined that Hey, did you hear that your kids did not get saved during the security drill? <laughs> they got to stay in so they didn't have to deal with that noisy alarm. It's probably required by their IEP. Don't save them. It's in my IEP. Don't it's save one of, me. One of the goals. Yeah. Um, so parents find out. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they're upset. Mm-hmm. There is a cry for him to be released, the to teacher. be fired. Yes. Um, there is a decision that he's that's going to happen. It ends up in arbitration, arbitration, etc. But the board's position is that the details were not released because it was a personnel issue. Well, the fact that you've got a class full of kids sitting in the middle of what's supposed to be an evacuation is not a personnel issue. Yeah, that's true. That's a crisis response safety sort of issue. Mm-hmm. And typically, note to self, it's not a good idea to try to sweep potential safety issues whoa we dodged a bullet on that one under the rug 
it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. Yeah, and so that becomes uh, clearly somewhat of a process. So now the it ends up going to arbitration. He ends up keeping his job, which is kind of astounding. But clearly there is a PR problem now. Um, lots of parents are upset about it. They're upset that they didn't find out in any other way other than social media. So the response of the district is that there's now going to be weekly checks on the school's alarm system. So we're treating the symptom, not necessarily the disease. And okay, you know, if you want to have a weekly alarm check, that's great. The disease being that we had a climate and a culture in this school where the teachers felt like this alarm is me jumping through hoops. I mean, clearly this person didn't see, what are we trying to accomplish with this alarm? We're not trying to accomplish giving you ear infections. We're trying to accomplish being able to communicate in an emergency. And so I'm willing to cut corners and I'm willing to, and it's the thing that we always talk about where you were so resistant with having stuff uh, hanging up too close to the ceiling, right? So you're not supposed to have stuff 18 inches of your ceiling if your building is sprinkled. It's so that the sprinklers can operate effectively. Well, I wouldn't say that I was non-compliant. I was just sort of forgetfully compliant. Right. But once you explain to folks, I didn't say that you When can't... the fireman explained to me, right. my son actually, about the sprinkler cone and the potential fire problem, then that resistance goes away right. when you understand why right. you're doing it. We're not keeping things off the ceiling to be difficult. I'm not making you wear your ID because that's a power trip. I'm not asking you to carry a walkie-talkie because I want to bother you, um, but that is a leadership issue. If your folks see these safety things as jumping through hoops because you told me to do them, they're not going to do them. But once you get folks to see why we're doing those things, people become a lot more sure. compliant. And I think that also encourages... But let me go to bat for the administrator. But it also makes you look at, make sure I'm doing things that are worthwhile. If, True. If, if I'm asking you to do these 19 steps and I don't have an understanding of why I as the administrator don't have an understanding or a rationale why then maybe we don't need all those 19 steps but let me go to bat for the administrator as an administrator I cannot spend every waking moment double checking triple checking and trying to catch the professional adults to right. see if they're actually doing the things that I'm asking them to do right in particular when it comes to potentially life or death sort of sure. situations. Now, clearly, if I'm going to try to monitor and catch people, that's where I should start. Right. That should be the big things, the hills right. I'm willing to die on. Right. But but it also speaks to, I, I'll circle back to the original discussion. It speaks to that idea that, well, of course, all we're doing is doing drills. And yep. this, this biasy, this bias that it's yep. always going to be a drill and right. we're never going to have an event. And clearly that's not going to yep. happen here. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see the parents' perspective, which clearly, and not surprisingly, is exactly the opposite. The parents' perspective is because this alarm was disconnected, we're just incredibly lucky that no one died. Well, no one was going to die because the yeah, alarm drill. was right. disconnected and because they didn't right. go outside in the drill. So you have these two really dichotomous positions right. of the teacher saying, well, I was just, you know, doing it for convenience, for the convenience of the adults, and the parents going from zero to 60 going, everyone could have died because you disconnected the alarm. Well, right. n not necessarily. So it really sort of shows how we are not often on the same page right. when it comes to that. But I think the takeaway for parents, and we'll do two takeaways, three takeaways. Well, and I have a legal thing too. Oh, four. Yeah. The, the takeaway for the teacher 
is that it's not always about a drill, mm -hmm. that we have to assume we're going right. to at some point have the real thing. For a parent, it's that I have an obligation to advocate for my child mm -hmm. and that sometimes those mistakes are made and that we have to, you know, be cognizant of that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the takeaway for the administrator you already said, which is I'm going to have to go back at some point and make sure that we're really complying with these things, but also that everyone understands why I'm asking you to do those right. things. So they're not just complying for the sake of complying. Right. And then the last takeaway, and putting then, on your well, legal my hat. legal concern would be, so we paid money for this thing, for this alert, for this alarm. So there probably is a policy somewhere saying this is a thing we're going to do. And this is, anytime you have a policy and you don't follow it, you're better off not even having a policy. Because say something did happen and a kid was injured in that classroom because they didn't evacuate. So you mean that you had this alarm system and you weren't using it? That's a problem. Yeah, but my but ear infections. <laughs> like you can't come up with a better excuse right, I that, mean I mean I guess I guess I have ear infections is better than I could have cared less and yeah. I do what I want yeah. maybe that wouldn't have been as good of a defense well the other thing to consider is maybe there was someone in this school building yelling bomb threat bomb threat bomb threat who was abusing this alert system I mean you do have to take into that uh, the boy who cried wolf so now you're trying I'm, to advocate you're trying to stick up for the teacher Good, good to take an even-handed approach. Well, I, I mean, cutting off the alarm isn't the way to solve that problem. But if you had a principal who's on the PA, on the alert every day, screaming stuff into the PA about mundane things, and this is supposed to be an emergency system, then no wonder they cut it off if it's going off every day and it's supposed to be for an emergency. Yeah. So keep that in mind, too, that, you know, you, you can't, you know, you have to say that something is a drill and we have to make sure that we're upfront about that because otherwise you have high school kids taking selfies while they're in lockdown because we go into lockdown all the time for, you know, a, you know, the newspaper got thrown onto the, you know, porch yep. of the school or, so, yep. you know, something absurd. So. Well, as my dad used to say, it's not so simple. I mean, we look at these and it's so easy for us to go, well, that guy's an idiot. Well, that's stupid. What's wrong with those people? And it in reality, easy, it is easy to make fun of people, that part. But in reality, but I think it's important that we look at there are multiple perspectives mm -hmm. on this. Mm -hmm. um, and mostly because there's other things that you could do. If it was such a problem, if the emergency alert was such a problem, there's things you could do other than just disconnecting it, what, not telling like put anyone. Put a sock over it? I mean, what do you mean there's other things you could have done? Maybe dial down the volume if it's a real problem. If I need to be able to be alerted and maybe the volume was way too high, maybe it was disruptively high, maybe it was painfully loud. So can we dial that down? I mean, a tool is supposed to accomplish what you need it to accomplish. And so what can I do with that tool to accomplish what it needs to be accomplished? There you go. <laughs> Uh, so thanks for joining us. Um, as usual, we love it when you rate, review, and subscribe to our podcasts. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have other different videos. We have our one-minute safety checks. Um, we have other Which different things. are a lot things. more professional. Eh, they're less funny. <laughs> I don't know how much more professional they are. Um, and as always, if you have any questions, um, we love to answer questions. We love to help folks out. And if you have a unbelievable school safety story that uh, happened. That's true. That's true, that you can uh, sh send us a media report, uh, please send it to us. We'd love to talk about it. Uh, the email for that is info at eschoolsafety.org. And links to all of our information, including our website and the resources and our podcast and social media, is all in the description of this podcast uh, episode and in our bio. So thanks for joining us. Have a good day and don't disconnect anything. <laughs>
Well, I'm, I'm not necessarily in the business of telling people what to do. I mean, you could consider going back and watching the other ones. Certainly. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right.